Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. It is our number two of Oilers now. Bob Stoffer joining you from St. Paul, Minnesota. It is 107 in Edmonton. Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. You're all in one convenient location at Digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Straight off to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, where we are joined by Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service electrical pre fabrication and solar uh brian welcome back to the show how you doing good bob i'm i'm outside there's a bit of street noise here but i'm good all right uh first question you grew up in the state of hockey did you not i did but across the river from where you are where was that uh minneapolis suburb of minneapolis called edina so you're in st paul that's on the east side of the mississippi river on the west side is Minneapolis, and uh, and I grew up in a suburb of Minneapolis called Edina, E-D-I-N-A. Big hockey town. It is an unbelievable, they call it the state of hockey. Uh, is, is there any way you can maybe educate our listeners just on what high school hockey means to the state? Well, this is why I started playing hockey. I moved to Minnesota in 1967. I was 12 years old. And we got stuck in a motel for three days. The moving man was coming from Boston, and it got stuck in a blizzard. And we were stuck in a hotel, a Howard Johnson's motel in Bloomington, Minnesota. And the state high school hockey tournament was on. So they had one crowd in the afternoon on Thursday, 16,000 people. And then they all left. And then a second crowd came in to watch the semifinals. And then they sold the same thing out the next night and then Saturday. And I, I watched the tournament for three days, and I'm like, these players were so good, and it was so popular. It's huge in Minnesota. High school hockey is huge. 
Herb Brooks uh, coached this program here. His undersized statue, because he was a tall man, his undersized statue, as you know, uh, is right across the street from the hotel here where we uh, when we walked to the arena. I mean, we talk about Claire Drake, as you know, in Edmonton, and Claire got in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, Herb had that tremendous rivalry with all those years with Badger Bob Johnson. He's truly a special person when we talk about American hockey, isn't he? Well, Herb Brooks, if you go back to when I grew up, so Herb Brooks won three national championships at the University of Minnesota in seven years, I think. No one said it since. Now, Minnesota Duluth just won back-to-back, which is amazing. Scott Sandlin's the coach there. has done a great job, but no one's no one's duplicated what Herb Brooks did. And then he went on and coached in the NHL, and he died tragically in a car accident uh, years ago. Wonderful man. Really great guy. Now, if you are truly... And, and why, I'm going to hesitate telling this story, but I think I can do that. I don't think Danny Brooks is mad at me. There is a speakeasy in St. Paul called Herbie's. There's no sign. There's no average. You look it up in the phone book. There's no phone number. You can only go there if you go with a member. And it's, you enter it from an alley in St. Paul. It's about five blocks from the St. Paul Hotel where you are. And yeah. this was Herb Brooks and his buddies built this place so they had a place to go and watch hockey and smoke cigars because Minnesota was the first state to pass a total ban on indoor smoking, the Indoor Clean Air Ordinance of 1974. And so Herbie and his buddies used to go after the Gopher games and they'd smoke cigars at the St. Paul Hotel where you are. And and they would, uh, then they passed this thing, they, they did a private, like a closed room, like a conference room almost, or dining room so they could have the cigars. But then this law passed, and they said, well, we're going to make our own bar. So Herbie's is the, the best bar I've ever been in, besides the one I was in last summer with my kids in Africa. Awesome stuff. Brian Burke joining us right now for Canadian Power Pack. Brian, by the way, and we did have Scott Sandlin on the show earlier this year because uh, they host the University of Alberta, who beat uh, Minnesota Duluth for their, uh, the second time here in the last couple of years. So two years ago, both schools won the national championships, uh, their respective countries' national championships, and the U of A beat uh Minnesota Duluth in the fall. Minnesota repeated as national champion. Alberta lost in the final last year to uh, uh, New Brunswick. Luke Phillip, Alberta's star player, uh, suffered a bad high ankle sprain. Uh, your or your old organization signed Luke. Uh, Luke's got 10 goals in the last 11 games in the American Hockey League, so he's going pretty good. Good signing by Brad Tree Living there. Speaking of Brad Tree Living, let's start with, we'll get to the Oilers in a second and we'll get to the semantics and, and pushing for spots in world junior teams and that sort of thing and how management can influence it are you surprised that the flames have rung off six straight games here under the guidance of jeff ward uh i'm not surprised because i'm a big jeff ward fan uh, and i think they have a good team i think they were underperforming i, I think they would have i think if bill peters were still coaching they would have righted the ship by now i think they were coming out of it anyway but i think they've it's kind of a get out of jail free card for these guys where they feel like you know bill was a Taskmaster, and now uh, Jeff is kind of more a, you know, a touchy-feely guy, kind of a millennial guy, and um, I think they enjoy the the, the lack of uh, what they perceive as the freedom to do certain things and juggle lines, and it's amazing. You know, I, I did a study years ago when I worked for Pac Quinn on what coaching changes meant, and 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 the fact is, historically in the NHL back then, it's 20 years ago. I don't want some 
analytics jerk writing me saying this is no longer valid research. But because that's what's going to happen. The fact that you got the dead cat bounce, okay? So you drop a dead cat on a trampoline, it'll still bounce, even though it's a dead cat. So you get a little impact when you make a change, a coaching change, but not much. Basically, it's the same 20 players, and they're not good enough, and they lose. So you get the dead cat bounce, and then not much. Um, this might be different because I think this is a really talented team. We got 107 points last year, 106 points. And I think they're finding their way back now. So it's a very different circumstance than a typical coaching change. Does that make any sense at all, Bob? It does. And uh, what was Bear Bryant's old line, one of the greatest NCAA football coaches of all time? The coach that walks off the bus with the best players is the best coach of that game. <laughs> yeah, or the best goalie. Exactly, or the best goalie. Like, you look at, uh, you look at hey, the coaching uh, change. So you get Peter DeBoer gets fired. The winning percentage of his two goalies is is under nine hundred. It's eight seventy seven or eight ninety, whatever it is. Yeah. Under under nine hundred, guess what? Coaching change. Hundred um, percent. Speaking of Calgary, uh, because we've talked a lot about Taylor Hall, and you know, obviously, fans here at Edmonton, there's there's a percentage of the fan base that would love to see him come back. There's only so many teams that can get in on him. Do you think Brad Treliving would be interested in Taylor Hall? No. Okay, there we go. All right. Think, now I'm going to ask you a question about. No, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing with Taylor Hall. Like he's going somewhere as a rental because the agent has said he won't talk about a long-term deal till the end of the season. So he's going somewhere as a rental. So a, you got to have the cash space to do it, and b, you've got to pay a real steep price to get him. So if you compare it, it's probably three assets for sure: a first-round pick, a second-round pick, and a kid. Three assets. So if you're going to pay that price, you've got to say to yourself, I think we have a good shot at winning it. I don't believe Calgary's in the elite conversation. I really like their team, but I don't think they're in the conversation of a Washington Capitals, St. Louis Blues, uh, Boston Bruins that, that truly have a chance to win it. And then you pay the price. This is Chris Pronger, maybe. If you're the Colorado Avalanche, this might be Chris Pronger going Anaheim. It's the one piece we needed. And we overpaid badly for it. Kevin Lowe made a great deal. We overpaid badly for it, but guess what? We had a parade, and no one will ever question that deal again. 100%. All right, switch and focus. Because uh, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I've, I always keep an eye on the World Juniors. Who doesn't, right? That's a great event. Can NHL managers influence the respective countries when it comes to having their prospects on the team? Uh, I don't think so. I, I I will tell you this. I never tried to. I never called a you know. I never called a Dave Ogren or someone who's running Jim Johansson running USA Hockey or you know a Scott Salmon or, or Scott Smith or any of the guys from uh, Tom Rennie, any of the Hockey Canada guys. I never once got involved in that. So I would say no. But the fact that you asked me. <laughs> I have to think there are people who are smarter than me that have gotten involved in this and had some success. I know there was one year in the late 90s, Brian, where there were like some second, third, and fourth round picks of the Montreal. They seemed to have a high propensity of players uh, on the Canadian <laughs> World Junior team. Now, and Oliver Stone helped me out with that bit, by the way. A little bit of conspiracy <laughs> theorists going on. Can we, uh, Brian Burke joining us for Canadian Power Pack. Brian, do we sometimes 
the, the tournament has grown exponentially. And TSN, and I know you're a sports fan, TSN has done a wonderful job building that brand. Uh, but sometimes do we actually over uh, overemphasize and, and over sort of evaluate players' performance, either good, bad, or indifferent uh, from that tournament, and, and perhaps have unrealistic expectations based upon what a, what, a, what an 18 or 19-year-old kid does over a uh, seven-game, 11-day stretch? Oh, absolutely. It's absurd. I mean, uh, what's, what's happened? First off, the fact that I work for Sportsnet, and I love working for Sportsnet, doesn't mean I can't compliment TSN. Their international hockey coverage is terrific. And they've, it is. Turned, the, they've turned the World Juniors into an event. It's must-see TV. Everyone in the world and everyone in Canada knows who's playing you know, New Year's Day, you got Boxing Day, you got this, you got USA, you got Russia. So they've done a great job with it. But to answer your question, are there the expectations realistic around the tournament and what guys will do, what Canadian kids will do? No. <laughs> it's absurd. Now, I will tell you, I always felt that Canada could enter two teams into this tournament, and I still believe that today. I believe Canada could enter two teams into this tournament, and both would do well. That's how deep the talent pool here is. I think the U.S. is getting close. Sweden's had a great run in this thing, in this tournament. I don't know if they've lost the game in regulation in the in the pre-medal round in what four years. So it's turned into something that everyone looks forward to and everyone enjoys. It's great. Finland's had a good run too, Brian. Yeah, the Finns are international hockey, world championships, world juniors, country of four million people, I think, and they're they keep winning these tournaments. Like it drives me nuts. They're great. They're awesome. Well, and they, I don't know what it, like, they, they tend to have big wingers. You know what I mean? Like, they have big men. I mean, it's funny. I had a huge conversation with Yessi Yuansu one day about, uh, you know, them fighting the Russians during the Second World War. And it was really interesting to, to, you know, to listen to him about, because he was a bit of a freak, and I mean that in a in a positive way. Yeah. Like he was a huge, big, physical man that could skate a bit that never realized his potential. But it just shows you, like it's the one thing we know today, Brian. Character is not something that is limited solely to Canada. Every country in the world now has player. Like there were generalizations that used to get made 15, 20 years ago that can't. You know, anybody can win the tournament. Uh, goaltending obviously remains key, and character is not something that Canadian have an abundance of over everybody else. No, that's right. It's the, the one good thing about the globalization of the game is the Europeans have become more Canadian, play a much harder nose style, harder style of hockey, and we've become more European. We skate more and pass more. It's been a great melding, a great uh, blending of styles. So th- this whole international hockey thing has benefited. Every country in the world has benefited from that. Brian, we're going to hear later from Ethan Baird, uh, who's a wonderful story in himself and has been a, a, a huge surprise and been part of the reason why the Oilers have gotten off to the start this year. Um, but just, just about maintaining and being even keeled. And you're a man who brings emotion and bluster to situations, and that's why people like you. That's why you're Brian Burke on Sportsnet. But when you're managing, how important is it for the general manager and the coach to not get too high when it's going good and not to get too down when it's going bad? Well, I think it's vital. I mean, you're going to, okay, so look at the math. 
to everyone in Edmonton, think about the math here. There's 32 teams in the NHL as of next year, or two years. Once Seattle comes in, 32 teams. So your mathematical odds of seeing a Stanley Cup in your building in your lifetime is once every 32 years. That's the math. It's daunting math. It's discouraging math. Uh, 16 teams make the playoffs, which is half, which I think is more than enough. There's a push to have more teams come in, but just to make the playoffs is a challenge now to win one round. So just imagine now, 32 teams, 16 teams make the playoffs, eight of them are out after the first round. So after the first round, with the new math, with 32 teams, 24 teams are out, are watching after the first round. Like, it's so hard to be successful in a league this big. So to have an even keel, to be able to withstand a little, you win three games in a row and you don't get too high, you lose three games in a row, you don't get too low, it's vital. And I will tell you this, I don't know Ethan Bear, but I really admire him as a hockey player. I really like how fast he's come, how far he's come so quickly. What a story. I can't wait to meet him. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, hes you take a look at that pairing. I mean, we have a stretch right now. Oscar Clefbaum, I don't know if you're aware of this, is minus 15 over the last seven games. He's a really good defenseman, but that happens sometimes. The Oilers are leaking some goals, and unfortunately, he's been on the ice for some of them, and he's also out there in empty nets, and he's also out there, you know, when the Oilers give up shorthanded goals because he's on the power play. Uh, I which, by the I, way, do- I love him. I love Clefbaum. I He's a stud. I don't care what his plus-minus is the last seven games. Yeah, there you go. And at $4.25 million or whatever it is on a seven-year extension, the owner's got a, got a great price point. Uh, if you were if if you were in Ken Holland's shoes, this is a uh, contract year, last year of the ELC for Ethan Bear. Would you attempt to try to get him signed to a, a deal similar to what the owners did with Clefbaum, like, or, you know, or even with what Nashville did with Ryan Ellis, where they got him in a long-term uh, second contract, or would you bridge him? Uh, I, I think I'd I I explore both avenues. I don't think, and again, I have not looked at the numbers. I, I can't stand talking contract without research, but I, okay. this. I, don't, I suspect his offensive numbers don't compare to any of those guys. Yeah, well, well, we'll see how the season goes on because I wonder at some point if he gets a look-see maybe on the first unit power play down the road. Brian, as always, great stuff. Thanks for the energy, and uh, thanks for taking time to join us uh, dealing with the outside noise, both literally and figuratively. My pleasure. Thanks, Bob. You bet. That is Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. It's 123 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. We'll come back and give you a bit of an in- uh, injury report update for our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. That dead cat bounce that Brian Burke referred to. Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. That explanation had me howling. I don't know about you. Guests and Oilers Now receive guest certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park locations. To the Oilers Now injury report brought to you by James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. I know I talked to Trent Brown uh, basically about once every couple of weeks. Uh, guy was a terrific athlete. He's got a great sense of humor and uh, highly entertaining to say the least uh, as several of his Edmonton Eskimos teammates would attest to. 
Brendan Escott, what do you got? Not much, which is good for both of these teams. Wild forward Eric Stahl left the last game with a head injury is questionable for this game against the Oilers. And defenseman Matt Benning of the Oilers remains sidelined with that concussion. No timetable really established for that return, Bob. Yeah, Miko Koivu uh, out uh, for Minnesota, uh, dealing with a lower body issue. Jared Spurgeon out with a hand issue. That's uh, two pretty significant players. Devin Dubnik, I did have a, a private conversation with him today. Uh, he will be returning at some point here uh, shortly into the Minnesota Wild lineup to the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Bob, we've got a lot of good things going our way this year with McDavid and Dreisaitl leading the league in points. Ethan Bear stepping up to have, uh, stepping up, giving the Oilers a more uh, competitive bottom six as well. Uh, I'm happy with where we're at and am very excited with the direction that the organization is going. Uh, I think the next couple of years will be when we'll be able to compete. This is more of a transition year for Ken Holland. And that sentiment is out there. Uh, you know, it is. Uh, that this is the first year of Ken Holland. I will say this, like, I totally get and understand why fans have been frustrated with the Oilers' play of late. I mean, let's face it, Edmonton started the year 7 and one. The Oilers are currently 18, 11, and four, which means the team is 11, 10, and three over its last 24 games. So they've won less than 50% of the games. But they did start the year 7 1. They're 4 and 1 in their last 10. They're giving up too many goals. They got to be better defensively. They got to check better. Uh, they got to be more committed to playing two way hockey. They can't, certain guys can't cheat as much for offense. All of those things are true. The Oilers have some defense prospects coming. They're a little light at forward. And the question is, do you address it now or later via trade? Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Still to come, uh, Jack Michaels in conversation with Zach Parise. Uh, we will hear from Ethan Bear, and we'll get you some Dave Tippett as well. From St. Paul, Minnesota, this is Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.